This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And what a week it has been. And promises to be as the Indians are in the American League Championship Series taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Tribe won the opener on Friday night by a final score of 2-0 to take a one-game-to-none lead in the series with Game 2 Saturday late afternoon at 4.08 before the series shifts to Canada for Game 3 on Monday night. Coming up on this week's show, we'll take a look back to the Indians wrapping up the American League Division Series, a sweep over the Boston Red Sox that wrapped up on Monday night. We'll have full coverage of the post-game celebration in Boston and also take a look back at Friday night's Game 1 of this American League Championship Series. So a lot to get to this week on Tribe Talk. Stay with us. It's coming your way next on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Still baseball to talk about. Normally at this time, at least on uh, most recent seasons, we have been deep into the offseason already. But this time it's the Indians who are in postseason playing in the American League Championship Series. They got there with a three-game series sweep in the division series over the Boston Red Sox. And they wrapped that up with a 4-3 to thriller at Fenway Park on Monday night. They got it going in the fourth inning of a scoreless game with Tyler Naquin at the plate and two men aboard. Left-handed batter facing the right-hander Buckles. The pitch to him. Swung on, lined right side, base it, Tyler Naquin. One run is in. Rounding third and scoring as well as Chisenhall. And Naquin comes through. A two-run single. The Indians take the lead 2-0. Yeah, he swung at a bad pitch on the first pitch. It was down in the dirt inside, but he got a pitch to handle that time on the inner part of the plate. Didn't get the fat part of the bat on it, but pulled it into shallow right for a two-run single. Meanwhile, Josh Tomlin was getting it done on the mound. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, bouncing ball first base. Napoli's up with it, takes it to the bag in time, and Tomlin limits the damage and gets out of the fifth with the Tribe still in front. We played five at Fenway Park on a night where the Indians can clinch the series. They lead Boston 2-1. to one. And with the Tribe leading 2-1 to one in the sixth, it was Coco Crisp who came up big. Now Pomerantz with a 1-2 pitch. A swing and a drive. Deep left center field. This ball gone. Coco Crisp. With a two-run home run over the Green Monster in deep left center field. And the Indians have a 4-1 to lead. Coco Crisp smoked one over the 37-foot Green Monster and getting mobbed in the Indians' third base dugout. 
Then the Indians turned it over to the bullpen. First, Andrew Miller. When Miller was here in Boston, he was still a starter. 2011, as the starter, had an ERA of five and a half. Now the sudden pitch. Swing and a miss. He got Ramirez. So a strikeout, and that'll end the inning. But the Red Sox had a run. They get a little bit closer. Through six, Cleveland four, Boston two. Then Brian Shaw with some impressive work in the eighth inning. Now Pedroia, one of the best two strike hitters in the game. The 2-2. Just caught the corner. Knee high. Strike three called. And Pedroia arguing with Tony Randazzo. And here comes manager John Farrell. Pedroia still going at it with Randazzo. And Farrell gets him out of there. And to be honest, nothing to argue about. Just saw the replay. Bottom of the strike zone, but it was a strike. But one thing about the Boston Red Sox, they are always stunned when the call doesn't go their way. And that good pitching complemented by some great glove work by Jose Ramirez. The 2-0 pitch. Swung on, smashed to third, back in a diving stop. Ramirez to second, one, that's all they'll get. What a play by Jose Ramirez. Diving toward the line with a backhanded stop of the smash off the bat of Betts and got the lead runner, Travis Shaw, at second. Oh, have these two teams played some defense here tonight. Then in the ninth, it was Cody Allen on to close the door for a tribe sweep of the Red Sox. Bradley Jr. at second, Pedroia at first. Two down in the bottom of the ninth. Cleveland four, Boston three. Allen's ready. The payoff pitch. Swung on a high fly ball, shallow right. Chisinau is there. He makes the catch. Ball game. And the sweep is complete. And this resilient bunch of Cleveland Indians will play for the American League pennant. And a date with Toronto on Friday night. And that set off another clubhouse celebration. When we come back on Tribe Talk, we'll hear from a lot of the key contributors to the Indians' three-game series sweep from the clubhouse at Fenway Park in Boston after the game on Monday night. That's coming your way shortly on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are playing the Toronto Blue Jays now in the American League Championship Series, and they got here by sweeping the Boston Red Sox in the Division Series, a series that wrapped up Monday night at Fenway Park in Boston with a 4-3 Tribe win. After the ball game, it was the post-game celebration in the Tribe Clubhouse. Well, the Indians division champs sweeping Boston tonight by a final score of 4-3. to three. Let's go downstairs to the celebration with Jim Rosenhouse. Oh, Hammy, we have right out of the chute tonight's starting pitcher who threw so well, Josh Tomlin. Josh, uh, obviously a huge game. Not win or go home. Or not win or go. <laughs> Josh, just your thoughts on going out and being able to throw well in a game like this. It's awesome. Um, uh, this team has played great all year long, and we played great the two games prior to this, so for me it was just trying to do my job. Go out there and throw strike one and 
try to get ahead and try to keep us at keep the game at minimum as much as I could so we could try to get a lead and then go from there. And you have a cushion, but wanting to get it done tonight, how important? It's huge. You don't ever want to let a team like that back into it. You let a team like that back into it, they can be they can be uh, they can be deadly. So for us, it was just trying to go ahead and take care of business tonight and get this thing over with so we can go celebrate. And you get the ball on a night like tonight. What did that mean to you with, with some of the ups and downs late in the season? It meant a lot to me. Um, it meant a lot that they had confidence in me. And uh, for me to be able to go out there and perform and, and, and uh, help get us a win, it was um, it was big for me. It's probably one of the biggest games of my life and probably one of the more special moments I've had in my baseball career. Hey, there might be some bigger down the road. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Josh, go in and celebrate. Thank you. That's Josh Tomlin, tonight's starting pitcher, who threw so well. And uh, we'll keep it down here, see who else we can get as uh, they're on it right now, Tom. And it is one of the smallest clubhouses in baseball. But uh, with this group, a tight-knit group, I think they kind of like it. And we have Terry Francona, Indians manager. Tito, I know a lot was said before this series. It's Boston, all that kind of stuff. But it really just gets down to moving on, isn't it? <laughs> well, not yet. We're going let, to we'll let them blow it out and have some fun. But... We get to play more baseball, and that in itself is really exciting. Um, that's quite a – we played some pretty good baseball because that's a good team we beat. And in this atmosphere, and, you know, people talk about our youth and everything, but Naquin gets a big hit. You know, Cody Allen hasn't been pitching forever, and we did okay. I know before the game tonight you, you said this was a special team, but you didn't want it to be defined because sometimes you have special teams that, that don't win at all. But why is this team special? Well, I just think if you watch the way they go about their business every day, um, you know, we might not be the most talented team in this league. I, I don't know, but it doesn't mean we can't win. And I think everybody in here believes that. And get to keep playing. That's the best thing I can say. We get to keep playing. Hopefully, we when it's time to go home, it can be on our terms. And you beat a Boston club that had an outstanding season, and you do it at Fenway Park at the end. What did that mean to you? It's hard. That's hard to do. I'm glad we opened in Cleveland. We let it get our legs under us, and we took care of business tonight. You know, we went to our bullpen. It's a, I'm glad we won. You know, coming back tomorrow, I mean, if we, it would have been hard. So, I'm, like I said, let these guys enjoy it. They deserve it, and we'll kind of get everybody together tomorrow and start moving forward. All right, Tito, thank you. Okay. That's Terry Francona, Indians manager. And, Tommy, I don't think he'll ever say it publicly, but it, this had to feel good for him. Oh, no question. Uh, based on how Boston's lack of gratitude for winning two World Series, and they showed him the door, and um, for him to come back and do this, you know it did. They just uh, brought David Ortiz here out onto the field, and he got a thunderous ovation. These people weren't going to leave until David Ortiz made one final curtain call. We have Tyler Naquin down here, came up with a huge hit early in the game to put the Indians in front. Your first postseason base hit couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, uh, all respect to Coco Crisp, you know, and, and Lonnie and Jose for getting the job done before that. Um, you know, Coco having that big homer, he had a huge night. Uh, you know, my job is at least push one run across. Um, just make sure I got a pitch that I could do something with, try to lift a curveball up in the air for the first one, and uh, got another one and was able to do something with it and push two across. So, uh, you know, that was a, a big hit, big feeling, uh, and a big moment. And it was just unbelievable. But, it, you know, that don't happen if you don't have those other teammates. And going into the series, a lot made of postseason experience. This year, first, first postseason. But you, like a lot of your teammates, seem very relaxed out there. And, and did you feel that way? Was it just business as usual? I think it's always that, uh, you know, right before the game starts, that first pitch and that, that the energy that you feel in the stadium is – just it's unbelievable after that first inning gets through and uh 
you know, you start kind of get settled in. Even for that first at bat, you know, I felt pretty good. Um, but even going into the second one, it felt even better. All right, Tyler, thanks so much. Yeah, thank y'all. That's Tyler Naquin. Came up with a huge base hit, the two-run single that put the Indians on the scoreboard early initially, gave them a 2-0 lead, and the Indians were on their way. It's a one-run victory, and another player had a huge hit, the home run over the monster that uh, provided a cushion, Coco Crisp. And Coco, you had a big home run in the clincher at Detroit. You hit another. You're not a home run guy, but you, you sure pick your spots well. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, after after facing in the first game and 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 thinking, at least I thought I figured out what they were trying to do against me and stole a lot of off-speed pitches. And I come close with the fastball, so I changed up my approach today. And, and last time, Pomegranate, uh, he, he struck me out with that same pitch. So I was uh, – I wasn't going to let him do it again. <laughs> so I was looking for that off-speed pitch, and he, he left it up probably a little more than he wanted to, and I was able to make good contact with it. And when you look at, at playing here at Fenway, you played here. You know the history here. Were you able to, to talk to some of the younger players on this team on how to handle what turned out to be a, just a wild crowd toward the end? Yeah, they, they have a lot of love for this franchise, and, and they show a lot of support for Boston, the fans here. And I've, I've been a part of the other side of it, and, and they still show me love here, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but, you know, I told them, you know, early on before this all started, all you got to do is just remember to breathe. You know, sometimes things can kind of speed up on you, and you, you forget about the easiest thing and the most normal thing to do, and that's your breathing. So, um, you know, the guys did a fantastic job of, of relaxing out there and, and not letting the, the atmosphere get to them, and, and that's, uh, I think, a big reason why we came out with the victory. And it's postseason with the Indians, and I know that means a little more to you. It does. You know, this is where I started my career, and I'm so grateful to be back here. Uh, during this time where I, I wasn't able to, to, to reach the postseason with them the first time. And, and these guys did a fantastic job, and I'm glad that they brought me over here to, to share in this uh, amazing amazing time of the year. Huge home run tonight. Thanks, Coco. All right, thank you. That's Coco Crisp who hit the two-run home run that, that gave the Indians a little breathing room, a little cushion to get them through. And certainly a huge contribution, again, from another player acquired during the season which uh, it's remarkable. You look at Andrew Miller and Tom, I know you had him on earlier, and Coco Crisp able to get it done as well, and Brandon Geyer with a big game in game two. I mean, I know there's executive of the year at the end of the year for what they do in the offseason, but during the season, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff may be as good as anybody. Yeah, they had quite a year to say the least, and uh, they don't get enough credit. And congratulations to, to Chris and Cherney and all of the front office, but also all of those people that were honored the other night, the development people, the people in the minor leagues, the scouts that get you these players. I mean, Bob Mayer finds a guy named Cody Allen and convinces the Indians to take him in the 23rd round, and he sends you now to the American League Championship Series, and there's so many other great scouts. And also congratulations to the Dolan family and, to John Sherman now, who's also a part owner from Kansas City. What a what a moment for those folks. And we have uh, Bart Swain and his staff going into the, the pile and grabbing some players <laughs> as we go here. Good luck to them for that. Well, the last time the Indians swept Boston was in the 95 Division Series. That team didn't even celebrate with champagne or anything. That's really? how much this has all changed. I think people now realize part of it was that 95 club thought it was World Series or bust, but I think now that we've been into this divisional format, people realize how tough it is just to get out of the division. You better enjoy every step along the way and, and celebrate because 
you, you never know when it's going to come to an end, and, you know, they've earned it. Enjoying it they are, and uh, we have Francisco Lindor. He doesn't know any better. Tommy probably figures this happens every year, this being his first full season in the big leagues. Frankie, uh, a good start to the game tonight for you and uh, as one of the young guys on this team who has played with such poise, uh, remarkable really, and I think a big key to this ball club. What's the key to, to being able to do that on the big stage? Oh, my teammates. My teammates and the coaching staff, everybody um, has been hanging together, you know, everybody helping me. Um, and letting me letting me know, like, come down. We got a long way to go, and I rely on my teammates, rely on my coaching staff, and it's, I'm proud of them. I think a lot of people nationally thought the Red Sox might have the edge going into this series. What was the mindset even before the series began for your ball club and your teammates? Oh, we, we know if we play the game the right way, we play hard, we continue to um, do our thing, and uh, everybody's healthy or at least just on the field trying to um, – play the game the right way, we're going we're gonna to be successful. And if we're not successful, it, it, it's meant to happen. You know, whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen. I believe in, in God has a plan for everybody. Good at-bats early. Uh, you bang one off the big green monster early on at Fenway Park, your first playoff game here. Uh, a lot of fun for you, especially the way it turned out. Oh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. I loved every single moment of it. My family was here. I thank them for coming out. And, uh, no, I couldn't be more proud of these guys. But, however, we got a long way to go still. we got a long way to go. Could you do me a big favor and go find Jason Kipnis and send him over? I'll try. <laughs> That's Francisco Lindor. We're enlisting uh, some players to go into the fray. But, uh, Tom, that's interesting that, that they would not celebrate with, with champagne on an early round series. But uh, you're right, maybe it is just that perspective of, of where this team is right now and, and some of the things that they've accomplished over the course of this season and now knocking off a very good Red Sox ball club. Well, 95 was the first time that, that you had that, where you had the wild card and you had the division series leading into the ALCS. And I don't think people realize that you should celebrate. You know, you, everyone was like, well, we got to celebrate when we go to the World Series. Well, only one team gets there from each league. Yeah, the, the celebration goes on. We're going to see if we can uh, grab Jason Kipnis here at some point. I know... Uh, some difficulties early at the plate tonight for him, but very strong in the first couple of games of this series. So if we can, we can fish him out somewhere. Jason, you're one of the the elder statesmen on this ball club, which is probably crazy to say that, but for you, uh, being able to get this done here, I know one of your first hot stretches in the major leagues was here. You hit the three home runs in three games. What's it mean for you to come back here and, and have this kind of night here? I mean, this place is historic. This place. You saw these fans and this team. Um, they're, they're, I mean, that's a, a fantastic organization. They got over there and unbelievable fans. The, the, the noise they brought tonight was outstanding. Um, but, God, did we just, do we just believe in ourselves right now? And we just don't feel that it – we think it's our turn. Like I said it before, we just – at the beginning of the year in spring training, we just, you couldn't tell us that it wasn't our turn this year. And we got guys that bought in, 25 guys. We don't have big names or anything like that, but we got ballplayers who love to compete. And they're not backing down from any challenges. And that's one of the first things Tito taught us, that you don't back down from any challenge. And as big of a challenge as Boston is, especially going in their place to sweep, you tip the cap to our staff and our hitters and how well we came to play. And you're looking at us moving on to the next round. And you were obviously a huge key in, in the first two games along the lines of, of hitting well. And from your perspective, back in 2013, having that little bit of experience, how much different was it for you this time around? You know what? It's, it did a lot for me. Um, I'm, I'm surprising myself with how calm I've been, actually, this whole series and how collected I've been. Uh, I had a rough game today, but that's why this is a team game and how well my other teammates step up for me. Um, 
it, it, it let me know that it's just a game. It's not life or death. You go out, you do your best, and you'll learn sometimes that's really all you need to do, and that's good enough. And you mentioned resiliency. I, I know you kind of keep tabs on things that are going on, uh, whether you read the papers or not, but everyone says, well, a, a rainout, that's an advantage for Boston. They'll have more time to recover and all that kind of stuff. Um, how do you look at that when you see that kind of stuff? You know what? It was, but it's, I mean, we still had the momentum going. We're still up 2-0. We still just have to win one of the next three, and that's the way we looked at it. Um, no matter what, we're coming to play each day. And uh, like I said, these guys, these guys will take on anything we got, and that's why I'm proud to be in this team and this organization and this lineup right now because we got some ball players. All right, head back in there. Thank you. That's Jason Kipnis, Indian second baseman. And uh, things starting to, to wind down a little bit, players doing interviews with the different media outlets as, as they have come in. And actually, you know what, Tom, we – tribe owner paul dolan has made his way in and i'm gonna slide into a dry area where he doesn't necessarily have to get wet you have not gotten wet yet have you no i have uh, let's stand over here yeah <laughs> I'm, my experience is coming through right now i'm on the periphery here and so far i'm dry and don't let anybody hear that over there with a champagne bottle uh, paul obviously this was a, a tough place back in 07 to be here what does it mean to you to be here tonight for this You're absolutely right i mean there, there were I had not been back to some of these places uh, since 07 when we lost Game 7 there. So it, it felt like some nightmares uh, where we were being revisited. Uh, so to win, and to win as we did, it was pretty special. Terry Francona says he called us a special ball club, and uh, you see it from spring training on, and, and you getting that feeling now? Oh Well, I, I've had that feeling for a while. This, this team truly is special. Uh, the resiliency... You know, if there's a setback, they just turn around and, and, and step up. But and we saw it again tonight. You know, a guy like Coco Chris was struggling, steps up and gets the big hit of the game. It's just, it's just phenomenal what they're doing. Take us to the ninth inning. Where are you sitting? What is going through your head in a one-run game? I think I I, I covered about a, a thousand miles within like a two-foot parameter because I just kept rocking back and forth. You know, you know what, what we had what three three two counts in a row. Uh, that was pretty stressful. Uh, I just, I'm not sure I can deal with a uh, seventh game uh, with, with that online here, but, uh, but uh, I'll take it any time. We've talked before. There's times you're an owner and there's times you're a fan. What was it tonight? I mean, as we've said, was, uh, we're just a fan, just, just absolutely a fan and thrilled by it. And, uh, yeah, my stomach was in a knot like everybody in Cleveland and the, and the fans here that were, were part of the Tribe Nation. We um, all suffered until we had the great relief. It was a wonderful night. Paul Dolan, thanks so much for coming by. Right, thank you. And the Indians looking for two more of those post-game celebrations, an American League pennant, and then also a World Series championship. A lot of work to be done, though, but they're off to a good start in the American League Championship Series with a Game 1 win over the Blue Jays at Progressive Field on Friday night. We'll take a look back at that when we come back after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, where the Indians on Friday night opened play in the American League Championship Series against the Blue Jays with a 2-0 victory. They had Corey Kluber on the mound, and Kluber got started quickly. The game's first hitter was former Indians outfielder Ezekiel Carrera. Corey Kluber, 30 years of age, 6'4", 215 pounds. Three fastballs, four-seamer, two-seamer cutter, curve and changeup. Kluber 
faced the Blue Jays twice this year, and they roughed him up. Ezekiel Carrera, the former Indian, leads it off the wind, and tonight's first pitch, strike one called, and we're underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. 58 degrees, our game time temp. Kluber, the right-hander. Carrera, the left-handed hitting left fielder. Kluber into the wind and the pitch. And strike two called on a beautiful curveball. And that curveball was some kind of weapon for Corey Kluber when he beat the Boston Red Sox in the division series in game two. Now Kluber into the wind and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with the off-speed. A three-pitch strikeout for Corey Kluber to start tonight's ballgame. Kluber was in trouble throughout the first three innings. In fact, had a couple of men aboard in each of those first three innings. And in the second inning, it was a ground ball that helped him work out of the jam. Saunders at second. Pilar at first. One down, second inning. Tribe and Blue Jays, no score in game one of the American League Championship Series. Now the pitch. Swung on, bounced to short. Lindor to second one. Kipnis relay. Got him! And for the second inning in a row, Kluber works out of a jam. This time with a 6-4-3 twin killer. Middle of inning number two. Cleveland nothing, Toronto nothing. In the fourth inning, Jason Kipnis came up big defensively. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, bouncing ball right side, and that ball's diving stop by Kipnis. Spins, throws to first, in time at first base. What a play by Kipnis on a ball that looked ticketed for right field. He throws out Pilar on a close play, moving up to second is Saunders. But what a play by Kipnis for the second out in the inning. But that ball looked like it was by him, and somehow he got a glove on it. And was able to get to his feet and make a strong, accurate throw on to first. And Kluber seemed to be getting better as the game moved along. Now the payoff pitch. Strike three called. He nailed the outside corner with a curve. And as always, Batista feels the 11th commandment is thou shalt never call a strike on me. Five strikeouts for Corey Kluber. Bottom half of the sixth inning, ball game still scoreless. Marco Estrada was matching Kluber pitch for pitch. He walked a hitter to open the inning, and that brought Francisco Lindor to the plate. The pitch. Lindor with a high drive, deep right center. Pilar going back at the wall. It is gone! Francisco Lindor has his second postseason home run. And it's 2-0 Indians as Lindor literally skips to the Indians' third base dugout. Oh, did he put a charge into that one. And the Indians lead it 2-0 here in the sixth inning with one out and now nobody on for Mike Napoli. They're still up roaring. Then with the Indians in front by that 2-0 score, Andrew Miller took over in the seventh. Two runs, six hits for the Indians. Nothing on seven hits for the Blue Jays. Eighth inning. Donaldson still at first, two men out. Miller's ready. 
Here's the 2-2 offering. Swing and a miss on another nasty slider. Boy, this guy is off the charts. What a weapon Andrew Miller is. All five outs, strikeouts. Indians pitching with 11 more strikeouts tonight. They struck out 31 Red Sox in three games. It's the middle of the eighth, and the Indians still lead the Blue Jays 2 to nothing. And in the ninth, it was Cody Allen dominant. The next offering. Swung on, grounded to short. Lindor has it, throws, ball game! And game one of the American League Championship Series is a 2-0 shutout tribe win against one of the offensive juggernauts in the American League, Corey Kluber, Andrew Miller, and Cody Allen shut down this vaunted attack on seven hits and struck out a dozen Blue Jays. And the Indians have won game one of the American League Championship Series two to nothing. So the Indians had a 2-0 victory over the Blue Jays to take game one of the American League Championship Series with game two set for Saturday afternoon at 4.08. Following the ball game, we had a chance to visit with Lonnie Chisenhall. We'll hear from Chisenhall next on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And putting a wrap on game one of the American League Championship Series, Lonnie Chisenhall had a three-hit game, his second three-hit game in postseason. Not this year. The other time was 2013. But got it going again last night. And he stopped by to talk with Tom Hamilton and myself after the game. An Indians 2-0 victory. Well, I guess postseason play certainly doesn't bother you, Lonnie. Uh, you know, it, it's been really fun. And uh, the energy of the crowd and all the players feed off of it. You know, I've been fortunate to, you know, have some good results. And, Lonnie, we talked about it in the ninth inning, just how relaxed this team continues to seem throughout postseason. What's the key there? You know, we try to keep everything, you know, as normal as possible. The work day. You know, I know we got a few extra things going on around us, but every, everything feels normal. So you try to go through your same routines, eat the same food you eat, you know, do the same stuff with your family, and you come to the ballpark and it's a normal game. Lonnie, I, I know it's a different series, it's a different team, and obviously we've got a long way to go. But just that meat grinder of a three-game series, even though it was a sweep, it wasn't easy. Did that help everybody just get through Boston? Yeah, you know, I think it did. Uh, you know, two of those three games, you know, I think we, we had a pretty good shutout on one. But two of the three, you know, it, it was <laughs> anxiety one or innings one through nine. So, you know, it was a fun thing to experience. And, you know, winning tonight in another close ball game, Frankie coming up late for us. So, you know, there wasn't much offense for six or seven innings, but you know, there wasn't much all night. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it was a speedy game. You mentioned that, Lonnie, and I know you're out in right field, but – how much can you view Corey Kluber, Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, and how effective they were tonight? You know, they were great. Uh, you know, Corey went out and did his thing. You know, that that's not out of the ordinary, and so did, you know, Andrew and Cody. So it, it, it's it's fun to watch in right field. I did a lot of watching tonight. I think he got two or three <laughs> balls. 
Um, but, you know, you just try to stay on your toes. It's pretty easy this time of year to be on your toes for every pitch because, uh, you know, the fans are and things like that. But when, when a lot of balls aren't getting hit around, you just got to make sure you're ready when it does. Hey, Lonnie, great job. Another three-hit game by you. And this club is something else, aren't they? Man. Oh, they are. Put hey. that in quotes, something else. Hey, great <laughs> job, Lonnie. Thanks, guys. That's Lonnie Chisenhall. Very relaxed as the Indians continue to be a loose ball club throughout postseason so far. After the game, also, Tito Francona talked with the assembled media down in the Indians media room. Tito, what can you say about what Kluber gave you, especially when, you know, he had to work out of so many jams in the early going? I mean, early in the game, you know, he, he, he threw strikes really well. Uncharacteristically, he gave up, you know, most of his were 0-2, 1-2, you know, but then when he did, and there's some traffic, boy, he bared down, and his breaking ball was, you know, at times devastating. And, um, you know, and then he got in a rhythm. And, I mean, both pitchers I thought were terrific. I mean, you're, you know, different different styles, but, man, both were were so good. Fortunately for us, Lindor got a change up, and that was the difference in the game. Terry, there's often more attention on a guy with Kluber's resume when he's making his postseason debut. The fact that he's now uh, two starts, 13 and a third shutout innings, what does that say about this kid? You know, I, I got asked that the, first, the time he pitched his first game, and it never even dawned on me that it was his first postseason start. He's pitched so many games for us the last three years that, and, and big games for us that it never even, I don't think it ever even entered into his mind either. I mean, he's such a good pitcher, and he... You know, his, his routines, his work ethic are, are impeccable. So I think when the game starts, whether it's April or October, he puts himself in a position where he can go enjoy competing because he prepares so well. Terry, why do you think Lindor, for as young as he is, is as poised as he is? He, he never seems like he's overmatched by, by any situation at all. Well, I mean, he's got a ton of talent. Um, I just think you can tell how much he enjoys playing the game. Um, Shoot, if I had if I had his ability, I'd feel confident too. Um, but I mean, on the baseball field, that's you know that's where he's most comfortable, and you can tell he's enjoying himself. Uh, he's and what's even probably even better is as good a player as he is, he's probably a better kid. That's that's saying something. Tito, I think he hit a changeup for yeah, the home run. He did. Uh, what does it say? That guy has maybe one of the best uh, changeups for a 22 year old kid to able to wait in it. What does it just say about his raw ability as a hitter? Well, I mean, Frankie's, he's a strong kid. I mean, he's kind of wiry. Um, I mean, at some point, somebody was probably going to have to hit a changeup just because, I mean, the way he was going back and forth, I thought he actually threw more fastballs early than probably we expected. Um, but his changeup is so good that you can look for it and still not hit it. I mean, it might be the best changeup in the game. And, and there's deception to go with it. But Frankie's got good, strong hands, and again, sometimes you get a change up, up a little bit. You know, they'll, they'll tend to go out. Okay, here on the left, Tito. What's the feeling like after he gives you that lead and Kluber got you as deep as he did? That, that you have Miller and Allen, and you know it's not as long as you'd asked them to pitch in previous yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, I think Andrew threw 30 pitches, and it seemed like, you know, it wasn't that, you know, and that's still a lot. Um, and for him to go through the middle of the order like that. It's, uh, I mean, that's why we got him, and, you know, we intend to use him. But like we said before the game, you can't use him then if you don't have somebody behind him. And 
that's that's that needs to be one of our strengths if we get where we want to go. Uh, some of the no national commentators have noted how your team has evolved defensively over the last three years, uh, you know, both statistically and the eye test. You got two, I mean, a great play by Kip today in the hole, and talking about Frank, a couple of really nice turns out there. Can you talk about what the defense means to this team now versus what it was those three years ago? Well, I mean, last year at the trade deadline when we we, we got younger, but we got better defensively. I think it showed us, you know, even with just the offense not being really much improved, how much better our pitching looked and how much more it actually showed in the win column. Um, so this winter, I know when we were talking about trying to acquire players, I know, you know, Chris and Cherney and the guys, their challenge was to try to get us some offense without sacrificing the defense because you're right, we don't want to do that. And that's part of, I think, what makes us good. And we need to play clean baseball. That's that's part of it. Well, if we give teams extra opportunities, it, it doesn't usually work out real well. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We'll join you next week. Maybe with this series still going, if there is a Game 7, it would be back here in Cleveland next Saturday night. Or the series could be concluded and the Indians either prepping for the World Series or starting their offseason. We'll see what transpires, but the Indians are a leg up on the Blue Jays after their win on Friday night. So until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.